Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Ecclesiastes 9 and 1. For all this I considered in my heart, even to declare all this, that the righteous and the wise and their works are in the hand of of God. I'm going to stop right there. The righteous, the wise, and their works are in the hand of God. And John 10, 28 reads this way, I will give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And unless you're confused, he then clears it up. I and my Father are one. I'm talking about the same hand. You want to be in the hand of God. That's the objective. And so today, I'm going to spend some time talking about where's my part in God's hand. Praise God. All right, you may be seated. I have a couple of... uh, slides I want to show you about some changes that will also take place. Uh, If we could have PowerPoint number one. We're going to make a few changes this year. We normally break out for Sunday school about 1045 on a Sunday morning. But this year, we're going to keep our family together on the first Sunday of the month. So you'll see family worship is at 10 a.m. on the first Sunday of the month, and there will be no Sunday school classes. This will bring us together as a family for at least one Sunday. It will also give our teachers an opportunity to hear preaching and be a part of the worship service. I think it'll be a great blessing. The second thing we're going to do, if you can give me slide two, is that on Wednesday nights and on Sunday mornings, the second and the fourth, where we have teaching primarily to the saints. We encourage you to bring your friends, but we're going to have a series teaching called The Call of God. The Call of God. Everybody needs to know what God has called them to do. What God has called them to be. And so we're going to enter this series. We have great teachers and preachers in this church that will share this responsibility with me and I think it'll be a great, a great blessing to all of you. So that'll kick off according to those dates. Now, <clears throat> I want to tell you a story. I want to start out today by telling you a story about how the hand of God fits. When I first, uh, when I was just a little boy, I was raised in a denominal church. It was a good thing. I've told you that my parents made me go to Sunday school. I'm glad for that. I learned a lot in Sunday school. I'm glad they made me go to church because it created a habit. The habit is, on Sunday mornings, we go to church as a family. That's a good thing. However, when I became old enough to leave home, I have to admit that I was bored. I felt like I was just 
putting in my time and I, I wasn't growing and I wasn't learning anything and I wasn't, I didn't feel I was getting any closer to God and I, I felt I was a pretty decent person so I just kind of dropped out until some things went wrong in my life and then I needed God. So I got in my bedroom one day and I knelt down by my bed and I listed all my problems to God and I said, these are the things that are going on in my life that can destroy my marriage, can destroy my career, can take away everything that we're trying to work for and I need you. I didn't do that in a church. I did that in a bedroom next to my bed. And I felt like if I, could, if I was gonna ask God for something, I needed to be willing to give something, so I made a deal. Now I said, now God, if you help me with these things, I'll do whatever you say. I had no clue what I was saying. I thought that means I will put my hour in on Sunday morning again, if it means you'll get me out of these problems. But you know what? God took the deal, and he began to work on these problems, and it was obvious that I wasn't fixing them, and it was, it was obvious to me and to my wife that God was helping us. So then one day, she said, I need something for, to complete this meal tonight, so you need to go to the store and pick it up. So I went to the store and picked it up, and when I came back, here, I, here was a fire truck in front of the house, and, and a fireman invited me to church and I knew right then and there God was seeing if I'd make good on my promise you know God does that folks have you ever been sick I mean so sick that you couldn't hold your head up and you asked God to help you and here you are today he must have helped you or you'd have died <laughs> But you're here. God's helped us in so many ways. But there comes a point in your life where you have to make a decision as to whether or not you're truly going to make a commitment to him. We talked about it last night in our fellowship over at Brother and Sister Brown's. We're living in a world where, where people don't want to make commitments anymore. They don't want to. If it doesn't work out, run away from it. If it's a relationship, run away from it. If it's a job, quit. We just have gotten away from strong commitments for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer. In sickness, are you hearing what I'm saying? We've gotten away from the commitments that we used to make. So, the fireman said, hey, I want to invite you to church. And I went. And I was shocked at what I saw. I was shocked at the worship. The preacher was loud. He was demonstrative. But I had to admit it was exciting. It was entertaining. It wasn't, you weren't going to go to sleep. And, but I knew it wasn't for me. I remember my wife and I walking out and saying, we will never go back there again. Never say never to God. He will laugh in your face. The guy never told us what to expect and 
So when we were getting, when we were leaving, he said, I'll be over tomorrow night to explain everything. And my wife said, when he comes, I go. You're going to handle this. No problem, because you see, I like a good fight. I like to debate. I was an ornery bugger. And I was, I had both six shooters on when he came through that door. But you know what changed me? He had an answer from the word of God for everything. Everything. And here's, here's where I'm leading you today. He said to me, what if I said to you, Rick, will, if you will give me 12 hours of your life, you will learn more than you've learned in your entire life about the Bible. And all the decisions are yours. Would you be willing to give 12 hours of your life? How do you say no to that? I mean, how can you call yourself a Christian and say, you know, I don't have 12 hours in my whole life that I can give to studying the Bible. So I took him up on it. I learned more in 12 hours than I learned in 23 years in a denominal church. 12 hours. Because somebody taught me and gave me a, an outline from Genesis to Revelation in 12 hours. Can anybody else say amen to what I've just said? If you've been through a home Bible study and had a good teacher, you can say amen to what I'm saying. And this is what God has laid on my heart this year, is that we need to put our energy into one funnel. And that funnel is teaching the word of God. Because you can get excited about worship, you can like or dislike the preacher, but the thing that's gonna keep you is the word of God of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. It will not. It will not change. It will sustain you. It will keep you. You can build your life on it. You can trust it in your entirety. That's the one thing that never changes. The word of God. And so when I was praying about this, I said, God, what do you want me to, to emphasize this year? And he reminded me of years ago, we worked on the hand of God, and I want to bring it back to you today. Can you give me a PowerPoint? There it is right there. Thank you. Notice this hand has four fingers and a thumb. Okay, now I'm going to show you how I believe this is meant to work. The thumb, you will notice that the thumb is... They say that it's not a finger, but it works well with every finger on your hand. Your thumb can reach them all and can minister to each of the fingers. So I'm saying that the thumb represents the teacher, the teacher of the word of God. Then you have an index finger. Let's invite people to a home Bible study. A middle finger, let's bring somebody. You might have to pick them up. 
You might have to go out of your way and pick them up and take them back home, but would you be willing to invite them and transport them if you have to? Bring them. Would you pray for a home Bible study? Or would you host a Bible study with food and even child care if it's needed? I see five opportunities to be a part of a home Bible study. And it's called the hand of God. Do you know that we are God's hands? We are God's feet. We are God's voice. We are the body of Christ. Now, if you take away the fingers and the thumb from this hand, you have a stump. And today, throughout the rest of the day, this is what I've, I've asked God to do. I've asked God to speak to you throughout the day and help you to be aware of how much you use your hands throughout this day. How vital your hands are to your life. How many of you are going to go to lunch today? <clears throat> Good luck if you don't have a hand. Stick your face in a bowl. <laughs> You need your hand. These fingers are ministers. Did you ever think of your hand as ministry? But they minister to your body. There is very little that you do that does not involve your hands. Your worship involves your hands. How can you get through a door that's shut without a hand? How can you drive an automobile? Think about it. And I want, I, I'm praying that God will really speak to you today and help you to be aware of how much you're using your hands today. You say, well, what? why would you do that? Because if you can see how vital your hands are to your everyday life, maybe you will be able to grasp what God wants to do with his hand, which you are a part of for the kingdom of God. Philippians chapter three and verse 13. Paul wrote, brethren, I count my, not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul recognized that he needed to focus one thing. Now, I, I'm going to take the time today to show you the different ministries of our church and, and the leaders in those ministries. And every one of them is absolutely vital to church growth. But all of them, every ministry, youth, celebrate recovery, Sunday school, all these ministries should funnel to the word of God. They're not just a social gathering. They're not just where you make friends. They should all be funneling to the word of God. 
We have somebody in Celebrate Recovery that have been coming for a number of weeks. They've seen some scriptures on the, on the wall and, and they're curious about the word of God. Good. I'd like to give you the opportunity to be a part of a home Bible study. I can promise you that in 12, you hear what I'm saying? You lead them right into a home Bible study. It will help them to know how to make a good decision and it will ground them because the truth is what keeps us. But if we are only a social church, if we only go to church because we like the pastor or we like some people that sit near us, when the real tough times come, when the real trials and tribulation come and you don't know the word of God and it's not in your heart, you're gonna feel like your house is on sand when it should have been built upon a rock, a rock. We can dabble in lots of things, but this one thing we need to stay in, and that is teaching home Bible studies. Isaiah 55 and eight says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and your thoughts, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Do you see the process here? Just as the rain and the snow come down, waters, brings forth, reproduces itself, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. That's what the word does. The word reproduces. Did you see it? The word reproduces people. That's why in Matthew 28 and 19, Jesus said, go ye therefore and teach. He called them to be teachers. Teaching is a part of the five-fold ministry. My pastor used to say, if you can't teach a home Bible study, you should still be in one. Until you feel confident that you can teach. But I realize that not every one of us are teachers. That's why we talk about the hand of God. Some of us are great at witnessing and bringing people to church and, and inviting people. You've got a part. If you can't teach them, bring them. If you're a prayer warrior, know where the Bible studies are. Know when they're being taught and pray for them. Pray for them. I was, uh, I was a member of Parkway Apostolic for um, only five years. First five years of my spiritual life I, I spent there. And we, we did lots of things. We, had, uh, we, had, we divided the church in half to see which half of the church could bring the most visitors. We had red teams and blue teams. We had dramas and concerts and and we did lots of promotions. We've had picnics and, and all kinds of things. And, and that's all great. But you know what? In all honesty, in the five years that I was there and in, 
and in the many years that I've been here, the greatest results have never come from those things. They have come from home Bible studies where people have sat down and been ministered to for 12 consecutive weeks. Now, I've put a strong emphasis on the word of God. I have in this brief time that I've talked to you. But I want you to know there is another important piece in home Bible studies. You are praying for them every week. Or you should be. I'm praying for this Bible study. I'm, I'm praying for Sam and, and Sandy that when they come to this Bible study, their hearts would be open and they'd hear the word. You're praying every week for them. You're fellowshipping with them. Hey, tell me about Sam and Sandy. Share with me your testimony. How did you meet each other? You're befriending people. They, everybody needs a friend. You're befriending them. You're socializing with them. You know, lots of times we go, we'll go out to dinner with people that are in our Bible study. Hey, let's go out to dinner on Friday night. Well, that's not our Bible study night. I know, but we want to spend time with you. Let's, let's go have dinner together. You win people to God by first winning them to yourself. They need to see that you care about them and that you love them, that you have an interest in their life and that you're willing to help and to encourage them. You develop a relationship and a bond. And if you've got a small group of people, that group, they're probably going to sit in your group when they eventually come and visit the church. And they're going to feel comfortable because there's a group of people that they're already comfortable with. And you're going to introduce them and integrate them to other people in the church. And that's how people stick. They stick because of the word of God and because they feel like they have a place where people love them. And home Bible studies. They are connected. You know what um, cell groups were? They were just an extension of home Bible studies. That's all they were. Just an extension, but they work. They work because you've combined love and you've combined truth. So let me move on here. Give me, um, let's skip the PowerPoints that I have listed there and let me, let me go over some, um, I wanna go over this for just a minute. Can you give us our leaders? I, I realize that this is a Sunday morning, it's January 1st, and we don't have a full house here today, but I want you to know, and I do this every year, who our leaders are, who our ministry heads are, who our pastors are, so that you can connect with ministry. So what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna move real fast, and I need you to cooperate with me, but I'm gonna go through this and ask you to stand when you're a part of this group, okay? I'd like our pastors and their wives to stand, please. All right? Our pastor, Michael Kiley's not here today. Uh, Brother Steve Kiley's right over here. Oh, did he make it? Oh, there he is. I'm, I'm Michael. Please stand. Please stand. Steve Kiley, Mike Kiley, Russ Cordell, Brother Messa, myself, our wives. Thank you. All right, next slide. Give you our trustee board. Please stand up, trustee board. These faithful men of God. 
We appreciate them. Brother Kylie, Brother Cordell, Brother Brown, Brother Barningham, Brother Matson, and Brother Meyer are out of town. Thank you. Oh, and our secretary, Sister Beth. This is the church secretary. She and her husband are very popular. We have another brother and sister, Kay. If you can't pronounce their last name, just call them like you call me, brother and sister Kay, okay. It's great secretary. All right, next. Ministries, apples of gold, Sister Kylie. I think she's upstairs. Wave your hand, Sister Kylie. <laughs> Celebrate recovery team, if they would stand. Brother and Sister Brown, Sister Cassins, brother and sister Pickle are out of town. Thank you. Next, children's ministry, brother and sister Bigley. There they are. Nick, vacation Bible school, power hour. Rebecca's having a hard time standing, but Rebecca and Richard Frazier, deaf ministry, Mike Sandin, and family prayer is brother Matucci and sister Dredska. Thank you. All right. Food pantry, Brother Steve Kylie, Dave and Barb Zielinski, and Sister Livingston. All right. Home Bible studies, uh, I'm working with that, and Jacob and Victoria will be joining me. Hospitality ministry, uh, Dennis and Jan Matucci, they're out of town. And Sister Carlson, our ladies' ministry, doing a great job. And Danielle is her assistant. Media missions, brother and sister Hickey. And sound is brother Matson. Amen. And men's ministry, brother Matucci. All right, next. Probably be easier if I read it this way. Music ministry. Our, our pastors oversee the different ministries of our church. So if you see their names involved in this, that's because that's where they're working. Brother Michael works with the music ministry. Angela Matson is in charge of choir, <laughs> praise singers. New believers, brother and sister Barningham. <laughs> Script program, brother Chad Gerbing. And of course, I mentioned the sound, Brother uh, Matson, Our ushers, Brother Thorpe, we appreciate him. Our website, you can see our website team, Michael, Tim, Paul, and then our youth. Um, we'll talk about this in a little bit. Kyle, uh, Luke and Beth, and Brianna Hemingway. And they're doing a great job. Thank you. And then our child care center, our administrator is uh, Brother Cordell. He he's the pastoral administrator over all of the finances of the church and over the child care. And Susan Kolhaas is the lady that oversees it. And then, of course, our Spanish ministry, Brother and Sister Mesa. <clears throat> so I realize this hasn't been a normal message uh, but we need to do this once a year, so you need, so that you know who to contact for ministry that you want to be involved in. We've got a great team here. 
But there also is this that I want to share with you today. We need to share a mantle so that one day we can pass a mantle. Everybody needs a backup. Brother Showalter taught us that. He said every ministry ought to have an assistant. And if, if there's ever a change, then you've got an assistant that can step in. And he was right about that. And that's what we try to do here is we try to, to train people. I believe that one of the primary things that a pastor has to do, there are lots of things that we have to do, but one of the things that we have to do is we have to prepare people for leadership and for ministry. We have to do that because this is not a one-generation church, right? And so we have to have people trained and we have to recognize the call of God on people and get them ready. Now, I am, I am very privileged to work with brother and sister Cordell. The trustee board brought him on uh, two years ago, I believe. Two years? Three years now. Three years ago, and it is a joy to work with Brother Cordell. And uh, I enjoy mentoring him in ministry. And of course, he's followed the same pattern in that he has developed a team. And out of this team, uh, Kyle is now going to be the uh, youth leader. He will be our leader. This will be the man that we will turn to. Amen. So we pass the baton. The baton has been passed, and he has put together, along with uh, Brother Cordell, put together his team, and his team will be Beth and Luke, and Sister Brianna Hemingway. So the four of them will constitute that team. Praise God. I'm excited about that. I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. It is a great thing when you see your kids serving God and ministering, isn't it? Do you feel good when you see your kids up there praying with other kids? That's the way it's supposed to be. And then the other thing is, is that we're supposed to prepare people for ministry. One of the greatest compliments that Abundant Life has ever received from God is that he has seen fit to bring people through our congregation to do works in other cities. That is a compliment to you. It's, it's God saying, you know what? These people are going to be used of me. I've called them to ministry and this congregation will help them and develop them in a positive way so that they will go out and do a work. We currently have eight couples that have left Abundant Life and are in the field in licensed ministry. Isn't that great? That's wonderful. I'm, I'm really thankful for that. And now I, I, I have another young man that I'm gonna take under my wing and I'm gonna mentor him. He believes there's a call of God on his life and I'm, I'm praying about that and working with him and his beautiful wife. Um, and that would be brother and sister Clark, Jacob and Victoria Clark. And so I'm looking forward to working with them. And I know that everybody appreciates the time. They've, they've spent almost the five years that they've been here with our youth. But in the fall of this past year, I felt that I needed to ask Jacob and Victoria to go to Bible school. And so they went to Purpose Institute and they've been going there 
since the fall of this year where uh, Brother Cordell graduated from, Purpose Institute, and they have done very well in their schooling, and now I want to take them under my wing and bring them into another ministry. I want them to be a part of the home Bible study ministry. And so we will work very close together. They will attend Bible studies. They will teach Bible studies. They will help with promotion. And we will make sure that if you're willing, you will find your place in the hand of God. We'll work close together. And so at the conclusion of this service, we're going to have the youth team come up and we're going to have... Uh, Jacob and Victoria come up and we're going to ask you to, to pray for them in their, in their training and in their ministry. Um, but I want to read something to you before I do that. So if you'd stand with me, please. I stole this from a Bible study that I was in recently. I, I enjoy going to Bible studies that are in our church. And while I'm saying... While I'm saying that, would you please get a hold of Jacob and Victoria or myself or our secretary, Beth, and let us know if you have a Bible study or if you would be interested in teaching a Bible study so we can get that board updated and everybody knows where these are going on so that you can bring your friends. We need you to give us information, okay? So please uh, help us with that. This is the poem I want to read to you that brought conviction to me and I hope brings a little bit to you. The Lord had a job for me, but I had too much to do. I said, you get somebody else or you wait until I'm through. I don't know how the Lord came out. I suppose he got along, but I had a sneaking feeling like I had done God wrong. One day I needed the Lord, I needed him right away, but he never answered me at all. Yet I could hear him say, way down in my accusing heart, my child, I got too much to do. You get somebody else or you wait till I get through. Now when the Lord has a job for me, I never try to shirk. I drop what I have on hand and I do the good Lord's work. My affairs can run along or wait till I get through because nobody else can do the work that God asked me to do. Jesus, I pray as we begin this new year that every one of us will recognize our talents our gifting, and our calling. Help it to be perfectly clear in our minds that it will take a strong commitment, but you wouldn't ask us to do something that you wouldn't equip us or help us to do. Help us to realize that the reason that we're still here is there are still souls that are searching, and we have a job to do. Help us to find our place in ministry, and in the hand of God, that we might make an eternal difference in people's lives in 2017. Help us to determine that we will do everything within our power to pray, to fast, to invite, 
to encourage and to teach the lost. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.